Fellow improvisers, in 20 years' time, scientists predict that 90% of retail jobs will be done by robots. Just something to think about. Welcome to YesBot. This week's guest is Joe Samuel. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of YesBot, the podcast about robots and improvisation in a different order each week it seems. Um, hi, my name is Chris Mead, I'm your host. I'm an improviser and amateur roboticist living and working in the United Kingdom and when I was out walking the other day I found a robot against a tree, sort of leaned up against it sadly and I dragged it home and uh, rebuilt it, I guess, gave it life again. Uh, and it turned out it's uh, a really classic robot, uh, ImprovBot 5000, a, a model that was made essentially to improvise. Uh, and it's, uh, it's basic in some ways. It's only got five input slots at the back, five rules about improvisation that you can program in. And uh, I had an idea in that very moment. Why don't I find the greatest improv minds in the country and indeed the world and get them to program this robot to be the very best improviser it possibly could be? And so this week we have a very special episode, much like a very special episode of Blossom where she would get VD or something. Not quite like that. Thanks. It's Joe Samuel. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Thanks for coming on my show. It's a great pleasure. And I'm very excited because this is going to be a slightly different show from normal. Yes. Because we're going to program. A, a musical improv robot. Yes. Or an improv musician robot. What, what, would you, what do you prefer to be called as a moniker? What do you call yourself? I, I like the first thing to be improviser. Mm-hmm. So. In this, in the world that I'm in. So improviser. Improviser. And my chosen language is music. Yeah. That's really good. I think that's a good... Uh, yeah, I think we should fight for that a little mm. bit. Yeah. Um, uh, that's true, I think, of a lot of different disciplines. Uh, my friend John, who is an improviser technician, mm. fights for that to be, you know, seen at the same level. And I think it needs to be, really. Yeah, so the... improviser musician. Mm -hmm. yeah, that's be. excellent. Mm. Uh, well, we've already started talking about you, but would you mind yeah. telling us some of your improv credentials before we let you program the robot? Um, so I started improvising on the piano when I was about two, mm -hmm. um, because I didn't know what else to do. Uh, then I learned the piano for a long time and then I was in bands and didn't really get on very well with that. And then I started playing for comedy, the treason show in Brighton. I was the musical director of that. And that was a lot of fun. And I thought, Oh, maybe this is the way I'm going to go, I'm going to work in comedy. Uh, and then Heather Urquhart and Katie Shute from The Maydays happened to be in the cast of The Treason Show. And we did a few shows and it was a lot of fun. And then Heather sidled up to the keyboard one day and said, I don't suppose you can improvise? And I said, no. <laughs> <laughs> Flippant 
stupid response. And she was like, oh, okay, never mind. And I was like, no, I can. I can. Have you not noticed I do that all the time? Um, so she said, oh, come to rehearsal. So I, I had no idea who the Maydays were or how good they were or anything about improv apart from whose line, I suppose. Mm-hmm. There we go. Everyone knows that. So I went to rehearsal and it was, in my memory, the most fun I'd ever had playing sure. the piano. It's interesting. A lot of improvisers seem to cite this almost road to Damascus. Mm. One minute they mm. did not like improv or didn't know about improv. Yeah. And the next minute it became the thing that they were going to do with their lives. Yeah, it was. And I often think, well, if that hadn't happened, would I still not have known about it? And would I still be sort of sitting at home going like, I wish I could put these improvisation skills to some kind of use. Sure. Because improvisation in the music world is a huge thing all in itself, whether it be jazz or or contemporary classical music or, you know, so many genres of music have improvisation in them, but I'd never fallen into the right camp to use it really for me. And it's interesting that we, as comedy improvisers, we just use the phrase improv Mm. uh, as if we're claiming all improv. But as you point out, improv has, you know, has been used in all these different artistic mediums. Yeah. Uh, media rather because the plural of mediums is media it yeah is. all over the place yeah. and and improv in music is must have a massive history it does so um heather and i started a, a website called musical improv comedy and we did our own podcast and we've written a book called sing it and one of the things we did is we did a session with an early music choir and they sing 16th and 17th century music and when we first suggested it he was a bit reticent and uh, then he did a bit of research and then all of a sudden he was incredibly excited because he found out, boiled, this is boiled down to yeah, the bare sure. facts, um, but to print music in the 16th century on vellum, which I believe is sheepskin. What, you like know that, more than me about paper. Really expensive. So if you've got a choir or a group of people singing, you're not going to print out the music for all of them. So what you would do is you, you'd have a very basic bass line, probably, get a bunch of people to sing that and then people would improvise around it and that was how choral music started mm. in in the form we know it now since then we've written it all down and said this is what you must sing and if you sing that note wrong you're wrong actually it's rubbish of course it's rubbish all yeah. the classical composers mozart and bach and beethoven and Liszt, chopin they were all incredible improvisers it's just that we've ended up with the final version of what they did and don't I can't see the process and all the stuff that came before yeah. is lost to history yeah, yeah so i get quite annoyed when people get really anal about whether it's an f sharp or, or an f in the 14th bar of beethoven this Saturday. it's like it was probably all of those things sure. and none of those things amazing well what's so exciting about having you here other than you being a jolly nice chap is um that we are going to program the yes spot this week mm. to be a uh, improviser musician an improviser musician yes we are which is fantastic uh, which we've never tried before mm. um full disclosure i've had no success in keeping the robot from exploding okay. at any point well we'll see but every week is a new opportunity to turn that frown upside down. Right. So that's great. And you've got your keyboard. I have the yeah. keyboard. I can use it at will. <laughs> that's amazing. Um, we I haven't been able to plug it in to my mixing mm, desk. Never mind. But it's going to be fine, isn't it'll it? Be fine. Of course, yeah, it'll it's going to be fine. Be fine. Yeah. Um, great. So let me reveal the robot for you. Okay. Uh, you may have wondered what was under this sheet. I really was. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, let me just pull this aside. Ta-da! Oh my goodness. 
that is it uh, newly reconstructed from mm. the problems we had last week mm. yeah so that's it that is not it's not factory built anymore that's uh, there's a lot of modifications it's more like that. a hot rod mm. now which is yeah. why we've got the flames up the side but okay, um, good. yeah so this is it uh, if I turn it over quickly, these are the five input slots. Mm -hmm. yep. And here are your five cartridges. Oh, it's like ZX Spectrum. Well, yeah, I, I've always said N64, but yeah, mm. it's that kind of yeah. chunk, cartridge. like plastic cartridge thing. Uh, so just speak into those for, with each of your rules. Okay, And sure. then we'll plug them into the robot. Right. Okay. Well, all of them, all five in one go? No, no, we'll go one at a time. Oh, good yeah, idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rule number one. Right, my first rule for the improviser musician robot mm -hmm. is that it must have a, a, an encyclopedic knowledge of all music wow mm. so the, the command is have an encyclopedic knowledge of all music correct fantastic that is okay because as well as having the uh, five slots which each have about 128k of data on them mm. it does have a massive like 80 terabyte hard drive that's Probably about 1% of all available music. Okay, so what I'll do is I will give it a maybe wireless onto the internet. That would do it. Yeah. That would do it. Hmm. So I'll just plug in a wireless dongle. Great. Okay, let me, I'll just find one. Okay. Oh, there's one. Oh, okay, ah, there we perfect. go. Why, why do you think that's important? I'll tell you why. Cool. <laughs> that's how this podcast because works. Because <laughs> often when I'm doing shows or festivals or sitting there and... I try not to think this, but sometimes I'm like, oh, this is great. I've really hit, a, a, I've hit the perfect emotion. Um, this is all running perfectly. The singer sounds in tune. Like, everything is, is going great. I think I'm making some really brilliant music here. And then someone mentions Harry Potter, and I do a, a one-second quote from Harry Potter, and that's all anyone can talk about after the show. Sure. <laughs> like, that was so cool, how you played that bit from blah, 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 blah. Um, so unfortunately, purely from a, a crowd-pleasing point of view, I think um, that's the bit that make people go like, oh, there's a musician. Oh, and he played that bit that was just mentioned. He must be improvising then. And all the rest of it is sort of just filler. So you know that that works, but you sort of hate the fact that it works. Yes, I do hate the fact that it works. And I try not to do it, but it's inevitable. Can can you just start playing something and then I will make a pop culture reference and then you have to do something from it? Okay, well, this is why it has to have an encyclopedic knowledge because so many times someone says, oh, that's just like Michael Jackson's blah, blah, blah. And I'm like... <laughs> so I'll, I will try and hit something quite okay. popular culture. So we're just in a scene. Betty. I can't be with you anymore. I look into your eyes and you... You see me as some kind of superman. And I'm not. I'm not a superman. I'll never be one. Very cool. <laughs> that was, I think I was playing Star Wars, wasn't I? <laughs> it's, they're I think the they're same. very, John Williams, he's a genius, but he's a genius with a very, I mean, I, I'm talking as if I know anything about music. You it, do. It seems like he has things that he's very good at. Yeah, they often sound the same. Yeah, definitely Star Wars and Superman have that kind mm. of that uh, you can go between them very easily, yeah. can't you? So uh, I guess the other the the other side of that is that when a genre is appropriate, so if you're in Spain mm -hmm. or if a particular genre is called out, it could be that someone's doing a rumba, for example. Um, 
it's nice to be able to play that properly. Sure. <laughs> Rather, I guess it's like accents, really. It's fine to have a go. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's best to commit, even if you have no information at all. Um, and people love that about improvisers. But from a musician's point of view, it, it cuts deeply if you're playing a bolero and you're supposed to be playing a rumba. I've heard so many people mutter about that I sort know, of stuff. I know, and it might be that no one knows. But sometimes if it's Yugoslavian, that's not a thing anymore. If it's Bosnia-Herzegovinian folk music, mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, there's no possible way I can do that. But I feel really awkward about just playing some generic Eastern European thing because what if there is someone i think this is why you are one of the best (laughs) musicians in the world because you don't let that stuff lie i think a lot of people would be happy with something that was Mm. generically i do spend a lot of time listening well recently i was the musical director of the athens mantle improv improv festival (laughs) literally on the plane i was like if i don't get some greek music into my head that's authentic I'm screwed because you can't just do Zorba the Greek. It's gonna come up, and so I did make damn sure I could play some Greek music. Be authentic as much as you possibly can be. Yes, which is very true of all kinds of improv. Yeah, I, I guess think. that's true. Uh, great. So I will plug this into the first slot. Perfect. I will also. It's also got its Bluetooth dongle to be able to download any style. Brilliant. So it's already ahead of a human in that way it that is. it can just access that stuff oh. as long as there's Wi-Fi nearby. Yeah, which is yeah. Doubtful. It is. A lot of the time. I suppose the 80 terabytes will have to do. Yeah, we can make a start. Rule number two. Rule number two is to be able to play without looking at its hands. Right. Um, Because you have... It will have to be looking at what's going on in the scene all the time Mm -hmm. to spot the little micro expressions and... um, relationships that are there and the subtext and the context that's happening on stage and if you glance away for a minute you might have it might have lost that magic moment so exactly the same as when you're a performer on stage where you have to you know we talk about eye contact and Mm. be having a connection you as a musician can't be in your own little sealed bubble doing what you want it has to be Although, part of it. strangely, it's very rare to get eye contact yeah, with people on stage. Yeah, I can imagine. And I will often coach classes, people in classes, not to look at me mm. because it's sort of like saying help. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, what do I do? Look at the musician. And all I can really do is smile. All the support comes from the music. So um, so I won't get eye contact, but I can certainly, I, I will certainly be watching like a hawk anytime I can. But it annoys me sometimes if I'm playing something that's a bit technical that I have to look at what my fingers are doing, otherwise it's going to go wrong. I can't believe that's ever the case. It is. <laughs> really? It really is, yeah. Um, just the fact that some of the notes are quite a long way apart. Sure. <laughs> so, yeah. And your hands are only a certain... Yeah. Hmm. And it's one of those things, If if I could not think about it it would probably be fine but the moment you start thinking oh i've done a really complicated thing with my left hand there as soon as you've had that thought you have to look otherwise it's going to go wrong and that we were um, in a show last night where you were playing for and um i just stood right in front of you and katie like kind of hooked her arm around me and pulled me out uh, of the way of you not being able to see the people <laughs> on stage oh Drives me nuts. I thought she had an exciting scene she wanted to do with me, but it turned out she just wanted me out the way. Get out the way of the musician. <laughs> I will remember that. In from fact, now on. the first treason show I ever did, which is the first time I played um, for comedy, the first thing I did was 
demand that the keyboard be as far downstage as it could be so I could see people's mm. eyes. And that was a scripted show. And then the director was like, well, I don't understand why. And I was like, what? someone's singing a song, they might be about to forget the next verse. I can see that possibly before they can, if I'm looking carefully at their face. Mm. So it's like, okay, I'll do the chorus again or whatever. If I'm behind their line or I can't see them at all, you may as well put a backing track on. So you, uh, you there's certainly a, an element of looking for panic and, mm. in, and, and being able to support that. In Absolutely. As, yeah. uh, but also in, in the Maydays, which is a troupe I've been working with for a long time, I know people's patterns. So it's like, oh, great, Chris has got a chorus because I've seen what you're doing. I or... do puff my chest out when I've got something. <laughs> it's so rare. Oh, Chris has I'm got like, something. Oh, my God, I'm going for it. You can see it's sort of like walking out in front of traffic when I yeah, start singing. Yeah, like, go. Or a bridge. I mean, that's the classic one because a bridge is different musically to anything else. Mm. Often it's a lovely foil to have in your songs, but you never know when they're going to come and you never know what that point of view is going to be that you're going to have to represent. So if I see the lone character wants a moment in the song, then I can call it. And then it should feel to them like the music is following. That's amazing. We should have talked about all this earlier, <laughs> Joe. So cool. Got another lifetime. <laughs> yeah, I'm just trying to put it into my own terms. Being Not being a musician, it's just about knowing your craft, right? Mm -hmm. You've got to be good enough at your craft to do what's required of you. Yeah. And obviously you play piano, but there'll be guitarist improvisers, yes. aren't there? And yeah. I think that's probably easier because you never... Do you ever look at your... Um, again, if you're doing lots of work high up the fretboard, and also I suppose it depends what sort of musician you are and how you like to work. Mm. Um, but ideally for me, my fingers do their thing without me telling them consciously what to do. Right. That's the perfect scenario. So when I have to look down, it's sort of... I have to do the legwork to think about it. The only allegory I've got that's anywhere near that for me would be driving it just comes to a point where you're not consciously depressing the clutch yeah. and changing gear yeah. you're just moving hmm. i guess so you're like i'm going to play a bolero and it's just done i nearly said solero i don't think you can <laughs> play, play a solero yeah i'm gonna play a solero you can play a solero yeah That's like fine. a really sunny tangy kind yeah. of <laughs> tune Rule number three the third one is is another crowd-pleasing rule, actually. Mm -hmm. It's uh, the ability to copy the physicality of people on stage. Ooh. Um, specifically when they're uh, miming playing an instrument. Right. Because this is a classic joke of like, I'm going to pimp the musical guy to, to be a saxophone. And then they hold what they think is a saxophone and blow, at which point musicians' minds you have so many choices. Mm -hmm. It's like, there are five jokes that I can make right now. I can like quote a piece. I can play really badly. I can play really well. I can try and play exactly what they're playing or I can try and screw them up somehow and not quite play what they, you know, I mean, and it mm. goes on and on and on. So if it could copy exactly what the person on stage is doing, it would just look and sound like they're playing that instrument there and then. And also obviously have all the different range of sounds necessary to do that. Yeah, so it, it should, because it's a machine, it should, mm. it'll be much quicker, I guess, than the, a human would at it. So you, yeah. you're playing to its strengths here. And I guess the point is that sometimes I don't want that to be the joke. Mm -hmm. Because why shouldn't a guy be able to sit down and play the piano in a scene? And then why should that be a joke of like, oh, the piano's not doing what I thought it was doing? Mm. So why can't that just be a, a thing that happens that you don't have to suspend your disbelief? So if someone could sit down and when they moved their hands down, it made the sound. 
that would be great. And you could just carry on doing improv. How is it with your setup? How quickly can you shift instruments and stuff? I can shift instruments very quickly. Okay. It's like within a second, I can get most of the normal instruments that you might find. Um, problem comes when we have a band. Right. Which does happen. Yeah. It's like, oh, we've got a band. All of a sudden, there's someone <laughs> playing the drums, someone playing a bass, someone playing a sax, and someone playing an instrument. I don't even know what it is. Maybe they don't even know what that it is. That will be me. <laughs> you. And I don't know what I'm expected to do. Normally, I just press that button. That's good. The demo button. That's got most things in it. Yeah. Uh, and then and then if I need something quickly, I can get a sax or an oboe. Oh, nice. So... I, what I wanted to do was you play and then we call out instruments to see how quickly you okay. change to them. What, over the beat or just... Whatever you would like to do. Right, I'm ready. I'm okay. going to face away from the mic because I have to look at the my hands. That's okay. Okay, go. Um, flute. French horn. Harpsichord. Squeeze box. <laughs> this is the most fun I've ever had at this podcast. <laughs> um, and sousaphone. Amazing. That's brilliant. <laughs> Your hands fly over the instrumentation. Harpsichord caught me by surprise. Like, what the hell? No one calls that harpsichord. I try. I try my best to be uh, interesting. Um, so, yeah, the ability to copy the physicality. So that doesn't have to be a, a, a joke moment. Could be if you want it to be. I agree amazingly with that. I, some of my favourite bits are where things happen effortlessly, and mm. it doesn't. It's just a great part of the scene. That's yeah. when it seems magical. Yeah. Yeah, it is always nice to do that. Oh, I'm not very good at this, but it's also brilliant just to be excellent at yeah, your job. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's like let's let's not make this the thing. Roll number 4. They must own uh the the perfect keyboard. Yep. That is transportable that is is very loud without having to plug into things, but if it does plug into things, it doesn't cause any sound problems uh and it has everything it should have. So that's one thing, but also the improvising musician robot must have the ability to monitor the sound mix from anywhere in the room without moving. Well, what I am planning to do mm. with this version of the robot mm. is firstly have the music to be internal. So Great. we will just plug straight into it. Lovely. So it should be able to monitor that. Does it have its own speakers built, built in? Um, yeah, when there isn't a PA, Perfect. it will. Uh, if you see, this is on a hinge and this is... Oh, I see. So that's quite... I mean, that's pretty good. That's Bose. Is Bose all right as a speaker system? That's fine. Is that the woofer? Yeah. Great. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And then the tweeters are on the nipples. <laughs> that's where they should be. <laughs> yeah, they should. Yeah. Um, so that's all internal. Good. It also has a small drone that can launch from its shoulder. Excellent. And then fly around the room. And that has obviously has a microphone in yes. it. So it can monitor the sound level. Yes. Is that all right? That's perfect. I just, yeah. I thought that's, I did that in advance. Well done. You must but have you, anticipated that perfectly. Well, I just, you know, I try and be aware mm. of what you need. Thank you. As a colleague on improviser. Behalf of, of the robot. On behalf of the robot yeah. as its creator. Yeah. Um, cool. Why? Why is this important? Um, mainly because it's easy to 
drown out voices by playing too loudly because you can only hear what where your ears are. Sure. <laughs> Ordinarily, if you're Ordinarily. not a robot. Yeah. Ro- oh, I keep saying robot. Robot. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's robot. his name. Um, so especially I mean, in a gig scenario, you've got to hope that the technician or the sound guy or someone is going like, you're too bloody loud, turn yourself down, or whatever it is. Very rare that a musician is too quiet. Mm. I don't know if that's ever happened. Um, but in a workshop environment, especially when there's people who might be doing musical improv for the first time. It's a really scary thing. Singing is a really scary thing for anyone. Amen. Singing and improvising is doubly scary. It's probably about the scariest thing that anyone will ever do. So I pride myself on making people feel safe. And that is generally done by supporting them with the sound that I'm making. Yeah. So it could be playing in the right key for them or adjusting the rhythm if they go a bit out. But I think generally it's wrapping them up in a sound where they feel comfortable. And you do do that, right? You adjust keys and stuff if people are off oh, God, and yeah, you modulate all the time. For yeah. sure, yeah. It's amazing. That's surely built in to the... What, having perfect pitch? Yeah, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Right, I couldn't think I should mention that because no, it's no, too obvious. That's all there, yeah. You have perfect pitch. I do. That's, that's very fortunate. Yes, it must be I don't amazing. think I would be doing this if I didn't. Really? And, and I have so much, like, mysteri- mysterious admiration for musicians that don't, because I just don't understand how that's possible. Yeah, so people like that would just be able to play the music in front of them well. Well, I know plenty of musicians that don't have perfect pitch that can do everything that I can do, but I have absolutely no idea how, because the entire way my musical brain works is based on perfect pitch, and the fact I know what the notes are and always have done, that's, that's my reality. I mean, if you started when you were two, I can imagine that that has been a part of your yeah. life. For... It, it would be like watching a circus, a blind circus juggler. Sure. You would just be like, that's how, no, don't sure. even try. Why are you bothering? <laughs> but you, you think there are admirable, great musicians think, that are like that? Ah, of course there are. It's extraordinary. And, and I find it hard sometimes to teach musicians certain things because I don't know how that works sure without perfect pitch because if i hear someone sing i can just play along on the sousaphone <laughs> <laughs> the, the best instrument to use um yeah I, I can slot in without any conscious thought it's like oh that's that that sounds like that or that's that harmony or something like that. Mm. how on earth you would do that otherwise i don't know yeah yeah, it's amazing. Perfect pitch means just being like hearing a note and being able to exactly know yeah. what the note is. It is. And it's not extraordinary if you think about it, because we do that with light frequency very naturally. So if someone holds up a colour, there's no cognitive processing that we're aware of that tells us what the colour is. We know what the colour is. And that's, in a sense, more amazing if you think of the frequency of this light speed sure um sound waves are more understandable from my point of view it's like well you can measure them and they're much slower they're bigger we have like very obvious flappy bits in our ears that respond to it it's like well why shouldn't we be able to know how fast they're vibrating yeah Hmm. (laughs) i can yeah (laughs) you can but i think um yeah so other musicians can tell if something's in tune or not without actually having perfect pitch relative pitch is something that most musicians will develop yeah and that's really just being comfortable once the key is established or once you have your frame of reference 
then everything slots in much in the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, also, various instruments have quirks of their timbre that mean different keys sound different to each other. So uh-huh. the uh, one of the piano teachers at the school I teach at can name a scale that someone's playing because a, a piano sounds different in different keys. Whoa. It doesn't really make a lot of sense, but it does the way that a piano is tuned and all that kind of stuff. So, so you can tap into that and you can make that totally in your bones as a musician. And mathematically, presumably, there's you can you could take it from a complete intellectual maths point of view as mm. well. Like, if this is the keys, then the, here's all the things that are available to me. Yeah, of course. Yeah, um, if only it worked like that. Sure. Mm. Yeah, but it does not. <laughs> it doesn't. Oh well. There we go. It's good to know how I perceive music. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, great. Uh, so has that fulfilled everything you need from number four? Um, being able to monitor the sound levels, yes, I think so. No one would ever have to tell him to be quieter or louder. Sure, mm. he, he would just know. He'd just know. It, it would just know. It would just know. Rule number five. It must have no ego. Ooh. It must be egoless. Wow. Um, I'd say mainly because as a musician, you you train and you work very hard for a very, 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 very long time. Mm. to be able to do even the basics of what you do. Um, when it comes to playing for improv, you, you can't use much more than 10% of those skills that you've learned because if you do, it will throw off what's happening. Sure. So I cannot launch into a Rachmaninoff thing or, you know, I can't let my imagination just go. Yeah, like syncopations and... Yeah, I can't push it too far. I can't do any really scrunchy key changes or that I I have to be aware all the time that I am at service to the singer or the scene and that if I want to have my moment of, hey, look how... Look look at some of my skills because I've worked really hard at this. Look what I can do. Gone. I do some Sondheim-style music, especially with Katie Shute. Uh, that's probably the time that I can flex my wings a little bit more mm-hmm. because w- we've told people that it's going to be a bit different and the music might change quite a lot. And if I'm underscoring, I can, again, I can not have to worry then about upsetting the singer or doing something they're not expecting. But still, underscoring by its very nature is not like, hey, look at what I can do. No. It's let's get the mood right for this scene. You said in service too, and I think that's a really good way of thinking about it. Yeah, I just had a sort of sickly vision of of improvisers just getting up after doing it for two weeks and you with your 40 years of experience, like just being like, okay, and and they're the ones that get the applause and the... Yeah, I I guess that as well, is Mm. that, um, I mean, I, I really like being at the periphery visually on stage and... And perhaps I like being at the periphery of, of the attention as well. I'm not that bothered by people saying, oh, this is amazing, it's brilliant. But often a good sign of a good show is when people haven't really noticed. Sure. The music's done its job. You've been able to subtly manipulate their Absolutely. emotions. Without God, yeah, really. I've been able to tell them exactly how to feel about everything they've seen, but they've, they've not been aware that that was me. They oh, think man. that was them. You're like Kaiser Suze. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell anyone. Okay, I won't. No one listens to this. <laughs> um, I feel like I want to give you an opportunity to just 
play something. <laughs> what would you like? I don't know. Whatever you like. <laughs> Probably not more sousaphone. Um, well, normally we'd sing a song. Sure. Well, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> no one wants that. But what? I, this is what I mean. You're, you'd still be stuck at your ten percent. I don't want you stuck at your ten percent. Oh, I, I just want you to be you able want me to, to actually play something. Yeah. To actually play something good. Yeah. I'll probably cock it up now. That's fine. I'll play you the thing that I've been working on. Okay. It's a piece of Bach. Do you mind that? No. Great. But if I muck it up, you can just delete it. Of course I can. Oh, can I take the headphones off? Yeah, of course you can. I, I just had a really funny experience because I was being quite moved by the music and right. loving it, but then it occurred to me, me me trying to sing along to it, and that made me laugh a lot. Like I will just say busted that, the, that out. I didn't realise the table would be in the way of those low notes in the left sure. hand. So do excuse the slight mistakes. In the I mean, I, I did notice. The 29 and 30. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Um, thank you so much. I will plug that last rule in. Mm, and we have do. created... I mean, essentially, your your doom. This, if this works, yes, that's it. I'm out of yeah. a job. Uh, I I think it will be okay. But let's uh, look. So, I'm turning it round, and I would like you to look at it now and okay. name it. Oh, um, I'd like to name it. Um, let's say Johan. Johan hmm. for Bach. Correct. Cool. Okay, just checking. <laughs> Great. Okay, so Johan, mm-hmm. um, we are going to manoeuvre it round to sit at the keyboard, Great. presumably. Yes. Okay, cool. Let me just... Great. Great. Okay. Okay, so uh, just press... There's a big button that says push me. Oh, okay. Here we go, that one. One of an encyclopedic knowledge of all music as best you can. Two, play without looking at your hands. Three... Cultivate the ability to copy the physicality of people on stage. Four, own the perfect keyboard, one that is easily transportable, that is very loud without having to plug into things, but if it does plug into things, it doesn't cause any sound problems and it has everything it should have, but also be able to monitor the sound mix from anywhere in the room. Five, have no ego. Yeah. Oh. So it's working. It's working. Oh. Meant to be this fast? Uh, no, I don't think it is. I'm not sure Hang I'm going to be able to What's sing What's the smoke? It. Is that all right? No, it's not all right. Oh, 
Wow. There's still lights flashing. Yeah, I know, but that is... I mean, it's, it's melted a hole in your keyboard. Oh, oh for goodness sake. Um, Do you have insurance? No. <laughs> you know that massive form I got you to sign before we started the podcast? Oh, that. Yeah, that was just... Uh, yeah, that mm. if the robot... I mean, mostly it's like if the robot rips your head off or right. something, uh, oh. that there's no... But it yeah, I'm afraid. Briefly nice. Well, it looks like I still have my job for a little while then. <laughs> um, thank you so much for coming on. Genuinely, I have, I'm so interested by all this and it's been a real pleasure. Um, if people want to hear more of your stuff or um, follow you on the internet or stuff, where would they find you? Well, I have my own website, which Practice. is joesamuel.co.uk, which I'm just in the process of sticking all the things I can find on there. So there should be audio clips and YouTube clips and things like that. Or... Um, musicalimprovcomedy.co.uk it's my collaboration with Heather Urquhart and we have loads of things about musical improv on there or I have bits on the Maydays www.themaydays.co.uk um, I don't do Facebook, I hate it sure, I mean a lot of people do so I'm not on that, and I don't do Twitter because I hate that as well not so a, don't look for me there don't look for because you'll find imposters sure, do people pretend to be you? no Oh, that would have been a good story. <laughs> There's a Joseph Samuel Starnes, who is a preacher in in America. So follow him. Yeah, follow If you him. like Joe, follow him. Yeah. For much the same stuff, but about God. Exactly. Um, it's been great. Thank it's you so much. It's been a huge pleasure. Yeah, Thank I'm you. sorry about your keyboard. Um, that's okay. I'll just get my harmonica. Great stuff. It's going to be a good show tonight. I will. <laughs> and uh, for those of you listening along at home, thanks so much for spending another week with us. Um, please write in, uh, have a chat with us. There's going to be all of our contact details coming up in a moment. And if you could do one thing for us, uh, reviewing reviewing us, giving us a good review. Actually, yeah, giving us a bad review will not be helpful. But if you do like it, please go on to iTunes especially uh, and give us a review. We will love you forever. Other than that, thanks for coming to YesBot once again and see you next week. Cheerio. Bye. Thank you for listening to YesBot. You can talk to me on Twitter at YesBot5000. Hey! Why not join our listeners group at facebook.com slash group slash yesbotclub. You can also email me on yesbot5000 at icloud.com. Your host was Chris Mead. Find him at Mr. Chris Mead on Twitter. The Yesbot theme was composed and engineered by Fred Deakin. YesBot logo and graphics by Kind Studio. Five have no ego.